0: From the Advocate Magazine in partnership with GLAAD, this is lgbtq and a. I'm Jeffrey Masters, and today I'm talking to the actor Victor Garber, who has been in every movie that's ever been good, ever. That's Legally Blonde, Titanic, Milk, The First Wives Club. I think we can all agree at this point that The First Wives Club is just a perfect movie. Victor was also in the TV series Alias and the DC comic book shows The Flash and Legends of Tomorrow. In those he played Dr. Martin Stein aka Firestorm and he's one of the oldest actors to play a superhero on these shows. And so if all of that wasn't enough, Victor Garber has also starred on stage in some of the most significant shows in Broadway history. I'm talking about Sweeney Todd, The Assassins, art, Noises Off, I could go on. And now, this week, you can see Victor debut on The Simpsons. Airing this Sunday, November 21st, the character Mr. Smithers gets his first real boyfriend in the show's 30 plus year history. And that boyfriend is voiced by none other than Victor Garber. So today, Victor is here to talk about his rather extraordinary career. Here he is. To begin with, I want to go all the way back to the production of Godspell that you did in Toronto in 1972. It was a cast of all local actors, and those actors included Eugene Levy, Martin Short, Andrea Martin, and Gilda Radner. Those are some of the most celebrated comedic actors of all time. You know, starting out, did you also have those comedy ambitions?
1: Not in the same way that I would, that Marty did, for instance, or Gilda. I did have a comedic facility that I, was, I became aware of early, and I loved, I realized that making people laugh was something that I was just crazy about. By the time I got into Godspell, I think that I hadn't really done, a, well, I hadn't done much. I was mostly involved in music, but then I realized I was in the company of artists, and that just raised my game, and also, I've never laughed so hard in my life.
0: I mean using I mean any of those people as an example but like Gilda Radner she then went on to SNL later did you have that in your sights as like maybe that would be your path also No never ne- never did
1: I I I always wanted to be a quote actor I mean I, I I did a lot of comedies you know I was nominated for a couple of Tonys because of those t- comedies but that was part of you know that was being in a play
0: And then so you went on to do the Godspell movie did, did they find you because of the Toronto production Yes. So you were like 22 or 23 at the time? Yeah. Did you feel like you had like, quote unquote, made it?
1: <laughs> I'm still not sure I made it. Uh, no, I don't feel... Uh, no, I, I, I knew it was a big deal. I, and I was kind of um, in awe of the fact that I was suddenly in New York filming on location and it was it was very difficult. And I, I had to really prove to the people I was working with, because a lot of them had been in the original company or knew the show. And I was sort of an outsider. But I felt like I should have been there. I I, I never felt like I shouldn't be in this. I just thought this is I feel very comfortable playing this role and I feel comfortable in, in this production.
0: When you said that you still are not sure that you have made it, were you joking or do you actually feel like that?
1: Well, um, here's the thing. I think, you know, I'm in my 70s now and um, uh, there are so many things that I feel that I haven't had the opportunity to do that I want to do. So in that regard, you're always on a list and, you're always, and, and there's always someone ahead of you or, and beneath you. It's not a big deal. It's just something that crosses my mind. I, I, I feel like I'm one of the most fortunate people I know. I do. And that's, that's how I live my life with a lot of gratitude.
0: I asked that question because I think that when people hear your name or see your face, the response I hear is like, oh, yeah, he's in everything. <laughs> and so I guess like I wondered if you feel that way about your own career.
1: <laughs> oh, I hear that all the time. And I think, well, I'm not in everything. There's a lot I'm not in. And, I, you know, I would like to I would like to do more. I've never done anything in film that comes close to what I've been able to do on stage in terms of the opportunities to act on stage. Like Shaw, the, the Shaw like the play art? Art would be absolutely the one of the greatest experiences of my life playing with those three guys. You know, I, I wish we'd been able to do a film of that. So I just would like an opportunity to do something like that once before I die.
0: Are you saying that you are not like being like I don't want to put words in your mouth, like are not like being like utilize like all of your like skills like on screen in the way that like a play requires you to or a character written by a playwright does? Definitely.
1: Yeah. I mean, I've had, I've had a couple of, you know, nice parts in movies. I'm not saying that. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm great. I'm grateful for, for anything I've done in movies, but I've never had, I've never had a true, true leading role other than Godspell.
0: Well, I think that one exception is like the Liberace movie. I think that was, was that a TV movie? That was a TV movie. Yes. And yes, you're right. That,
1: that, that was something that gave me absolutely that was something that I, I think of that as, you know, that was a TV movie, which was valid. And certainly you're right. Well,
0: that was 1988. So it's been a long time since then.
1: I, I, for, I sometimes forget what I've done. So yes, that you're right. And that blows my whole like, whole thing, except that that's not a movie. Uh, that's that's a that's a television movie, which is not a, a cinematic movie. But yes, that you're right. I, w- I would like to do more of that.
0: I only brought Liberace up because I think it's one of like the times that you've like been able to play gay. Yeah. And I, I say that because I think that you, you've you said that that like, negatively impacted your career playing gay at that time. Is that is that correct?
1: Well, I, I, it's more of a supposition than a, than a fact. Uh, I, I think one of a very top agent in New York who I had lunch with in those early years said, you know, you really can't be a successful leading man if you're gay. And I thought, oh, and I thought about that and I thought, I'm not going to pretend that I'm not gay. I, I, I never really talked about it, anyway. You know, I, I was never one of those people. I was never. I didn't think it mattered, and I didn't think it was important.
0: Well, I think that at the time when that man said to you, "You cannot be a leading actor and be gay," um, like for the late '80s, like that was fact, right?
1: I no. I, I think that's true. But from my perspective, I, I didn't. I thought, well, then I guess I won't be that. And I, I can't say this for certain, but I think I was. I was not on certain lists. For that reason.
0: Oh, because while you didn't like officially talk about it publicly till uh, 2013, correct me if I'm wrong, your sexuality was not a secret to anyone. who Nobody. Knew.
1: I never really officially came out. It was just I had an interview. And I talked about Ryan Ernie. We had just, you know, gotten, I think we had just gotten together. We, we were, I don't think we had married yet. And anyway, the point is, that was the first time in my life I actually had something to talk about. So I'm, I'm it's not that I'm, I'm not being coy, but I, I was aware of it, conscious of it. But never tried. I never denied it, except in my early, early years. I would very was very circumspect and, and careful.
0: And then, I, and then, I and then I didn't care. Going back to the Liberace movie, after after you did play this big gay role, d- did you have fewer opportunities that you saw after that?
1: Yeah, I, I didn't work. I didn't make anything in television for a m- num- number of years. I can't say why, but I I I, I suspect that had something to do with it. Because, you know, the movie was successful and, and I was successful in playing that role. And, and I was happy to play that role. And I did it with every fiber of my being and loved doing it.
0: Going off how much like things have changed in the industry, and, and yet, of course, it is not like perfect. Discrimination still exists. Would you would advise a gay actor who's starting out and trying to break in to not talk about their sexuality?
1: No, I would advise a gay actor starting out to be true to himself or herself and move forward. And deal with it in in the moment that you're in. Don't try to create. You try to create some personality or some image of yourself. I think you're fucked, really. I, I think I think that's, a, that's the antithesis of of what acting is all about, anyway. So so no, I would I would say, be true to yourself.
0: Would you always have given that answer? Well, that's
1: the, how I lived my life. So yes, I watched somebody I knew very well who was gay, kind of. Not be gay, <laughs> you know. Very, very, you know, and and and, and watched his life kind of just because you know all, all of that comes through in, in in a way when you're when you're hiding and when you're not being truthful. That's you can't really be a good actor in my in my in my experience.
0: You know, after Godspell, you were working pretty consistently on Broadway and New York City. And that early professional success aligned with the early years of the AIDS crisis. I assume that was unavoidable. That that touched your life. Touched my life.
1: Yeah, I, I I never thought I would be able to get through it. It was the worst experience. I mean, the pandemic now is a close second, but different in a way, in a big way. But I remember thinking, life will never be the same, and it never was. It was. It was. You know. But it, but it took years to to kind of come out from the the, the cloud and the, um, the the horror of that time
0: you were in a like different position that like you were not at an office like typing where you could you know experience your grief at the office like you're on stage on a broadway stage like did it feel like those parts of your life were completely separate or like did they creep into each other you know
1: the first person i knew really well who Got AIDS was my one, my best friend who was my understudy on the road of their playing our song and we ended up moving in together in New York he uh, he was had been married and now and divorced for a number of years and was gay and and he contracted AIDS and um, he lived in my apartment and died in my apartment and and I was doing noises off I think at the time which was the most uproarious comedy I've ever been in. So I was, you know, on the stage doing that and hearing this, these gales of laughter, and and then coming home at night, and and then you know doing sign-up sheets for people to come and look after him when I wasn't there to help. Uh, so you know, it was a it, so it was all of a piece. And I I I, I I'm very bad at, at time. I mean, I can't I don't remember dates or years or, but I just I do remember the feelings I had, and I do remember that everybody in my world was a part of this crisis and everybody was doing the best they could to fight it and to find out how to cure it and to you know benefits and we were all we were all very involved uh, some more than others but i i was acting through that yes well
0: we, we've talked to a lot of alumni of act up on the podcast and like heard that perspective but like how aware were you as like a non-act-up member of like the activism that was like occurring
1: i got more aware of it I'm talking about in the early years before, before ACT UP, that was, it. that was Larry Kramer's group, right?
0: And he gave the big speech that inspired it. Yeah.
1: Yes. I I felt, I felt unequal to the task. I didn't know how to be a part of that, uh, whether it was, I was just too frightened of it. I've never been, I guess, a radical. I've never been, I'm not a person who, who I, I have strong beliefs and I do what I can, but I've, I'm not and I'm not proud of this. This is just just uh, who uh, my nature and who I am and I tend to be I'm just not I'm not an activist in that way. I was just doing my life and and looking after people who were dying. There are many times I wish i wish i could have done more than i was doing and 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 i do today even you know with climate crisis and with you know with with poverty and with you know i wish i i wish i could organize my life so that i could go somewhere i do a lot of psas and i do i do you know donate money to to causes and i do what i can do but then i then i have to balance that with my life or i get overwhelmed
0: with being a noises off during this, the entire cast knew what was going on with with like HIV AIDS, but also with like with you and your, your friend dying at your apartment, right? Yeah. Yeah. That is kind of like mind blowing to me because that is, as you said, an uproarious comedy, just like slamming doors. One of the funniest shows I've ever seen. And yet, like behind the scenes, the entire cast is like experiencing like unprocessable grief.
1: Yes. Well, I mean, in that case, I mean I think I was the only gay person in that cast. No, it was one, one other, and it was very early, and so it was still a lot unknown about it. But yes, I guess what saved me was being a part of that community. I felt so safe there, and so safe with these people, and I felt so cared about. For me, that's been the theater my whole life. You know, art was one of the the most exceptional experiences for me on stage that I've ever had because of my relationship with Alan Alda and Fred Melina. And the director Matthew Warchus, it's kind of like my resting place is the theater. I feel at home in the theater.
0: If theater is your like landing place, like the place where you feel most safe and loved, is there a part of you that doesn't want to like act in TV and film anymore and just do theater?
1: No, I I I, I, I was away from the theater for years, and I and and only recently did Hello Dolly, which was a few years ago, and I hadn't done anything for like you know seven years on in the theater and. I don't know if I'll ever do another play or, or musical because, you know, I'm a TikTok, you know, I'm getting older and I'm supposed to do a play that's that's, that's in the offing, but it's it's feels like it's evaporating, uh, even though it's a, a Broadway play that it'll get done eventually. And I, and I hope to be a part of it, but I don't know if it, if it will happen.
0: Before we move off of Broadway, though, you mentioned you were in the original cast of Sweeney Todd. Now that is seen as, you know, a staple, an anchor of music theater history. However, like, the concept is really weird, right? It's a barber who kills people and a woman who bakes those bodies into pies. Like, early on in the creation process, did you recognize this greatness right away? Like, did you know it would work as a show?
1: Yeah, I didn't know know it would work, but I I recognize it's great. Listen, I am a Sondheim fanatic. I couldn't believe that I was cast in this role. I couldn't believe that I was a part of this production. And I didn't know if it was going to work, but I knew that I was, this was my dream. I it was, I was living my, truly living my dream. For my money, there's, he's never been equal. I mean, in my lifetime. Sondheim is for me the greatest.
0: The character you originated, Anthony, has that big song, Joanna. What was it like to hear that song for the first time, knowing that you were going to be the first person to sing it?
1: It was uh, daunting. I was uh, terrified. I had to uh, go to S- Steve Sondheim's house. I got a callback, so which means I I'd auditioned once. I sang some sort of art song, some Italian art song, badly, but they they heard that I could sing. For my callback and my final audition, I had to learn this song from the show, which I didn't know, didn't, had never heard it. So I took my little tape recorder, my little you know cassette tape recorder to Stephen Sondheim's house and climbed the stairs to his, you know, was let in and went upstairs to his office and his piano and put my piano down. And we chatted a little, very, very short chat. And and he recorded and sang Joanna. And I remember hearing those first chords. Bum,
0: bum, bum, bum. I feel
1: Couldn't believe that I was in the room with this genius who I revered, and I was going to learn the song and hopefully get the part. And, and so it was mine, dogma. and I did. I got it. I, I learned it. I sang it. And Steve talks about it. You know, <laughs> he tells the story a lot, which is very sweet. How how you know it was like one of the best auditions he's ever seen, and he cried. Then he cries a lot. I love him with every fiber of my being, and I just feel so grateful that I have been in his life and originated a couple of his musicals.
0: Well, he's working on a new one right now called Square One. Yeah. Is is that the show you're in?
1: No, no, no. It's not a musical.
0: Oh, because Burnett Peters, your co-star from Hello, Dolly, just did the reading for it. I didn't know if there's a part in there for you.
1: Yes, I know. I, I actually was asked to do the reading and I couldn't do it. So I don't know what part it was. And I was unable to do it, unfortunately.
0: But. That'd be pretty badass, though, to like cap your career with like starting and... <laughs> not to say you're ending, but I'm saying like to do another show.
1: Well, yeah. Well, that's what you were going to say.
0: I was hoping you didn't catch that.
1: Okay. It's fine. But here's the other thing. I don't really want to do a musical. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't sing anymore. And I don't like the way I sound when I sing. And I don't have the the the... The muscle is very atrophied and... I mean, if I had to, you know, do something, I would do my best to approximate something, but I, I'm not looking to sing again.
0: Oh, is that sad to be able to say that you don't like the sound of your voice anymore? Yeah. It
1: is a bit, yeah. But it's okay. I mean, I've I I'm I am i do not like a lot of what's happening to my <laughs> as I get older. But I but you know, you live with it. I mean, Hello Dolly was a struggle, but I I I I pulled I pulled it off, I think. People were happy with what I did, but for me, it was torture to sing every night. I would have to really work hard now to to get approximate anything.
0: Well, I think that your career is so interesting for many reasons, but one is that you seem to always be entering different like fandoms and like fan bases. I think like Broadway's one, the Alias TV show is a strong following. You did the superhero DC shows. You went to Comic Con, and now you are in on The Simpsons you're going to debut as the very first real boyfriend of the character Mr. Smithers. Yeah. I think that's gay history, Victor. Proud to be there. What was it like to join such a storied show like that? I was stunned
1: that I was called to be on The Simpsons because I don't know anybody really involved or didn't know them anybody well. I, I wanted. I was so happy to do it, but I didn't really know what it was going to be like. And it turned out to be a great experience, I'm happy to say. It's one of it's 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 kind of like a an institution. It's a it's a it's a it's a it's a iconic show. It's like an iconic show. I actually did some ADR, which you know, voice where they had to I had to go into the studio and, and, and re-voice a couple of lines or they, that were changed and redo them. And I saw for the first time the animation. And I I couldn't believe how thrilling that was. Does it look like you? No, no, no. But it's it is the character and I'm voicing the character and and it really—it felt like it was right.
0: Listen, they—they they know what they're doing. Yeah, after 30 years, I, I hope so. <laughs> it's,
1: it's the 33rd season,
0: I think. So this is voice acting. You said you don't—you don't love the sound of your singing voice anymore. Do you have that same experience with your speaking voice? No, no. I—I I mean,
1: I don't—I don't think about my speaking voice except when I—except when I—I I don't when I'm not able to control what I feel I need to control. But that—that's that—that's because I don't work—I don't exercise enough with it. So you need to keep your voice in shape, but no, I don't. I don't really. I don't listen to things I do. I don't really often watch the things I do, because I'm tough on myself.
0: Even your older work as well.
1: Y- yeah, I. I don't. I never. I never watch. I. I never watch things. I. I, I did what Marty Short sent me um, a TV special that was done in Canada. It was to honor Gilda Radner. She'd been. She had died several years before, but they wanted to do a. From, from her roots in, in Toronto. And there were m- many, many clips of Gilda from um, Saturday Night Live. And also her first TV show, Gilda and, and I played the Jack and Jill of Hearts. And it was an original musical for, for television. It was just, just heartbreakingly sweet to watch that. Um, and, I, 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 and I really could sing then. I, my voice was kind of effortless and I kept saying to Reiner, who is that? I don't even know who that is, singing. And I, I don't, that doesn't happen very often. I'm so glad that Marty sent that to me.
0: I think that's a really nice place to stop too. So like, thank you for spending so much time with us.
1: Oh, it was a pleasure. I appreciate your your questions and, and your knowledge of what I've done. I, it was a pleasure.
0: And that was Victor Garber. You can see him on The Simpsons this coming Sunday, November 21st. And then, as always, we have to ask, it's important, as always, we humbly request that you please leave a comment on our page on Apple Podcasts. Seeing all the nice things you write on there warms my dead heart, yes, but more importantly, it is also one of the biggest ways you can help our show continue to grow. It is greatly appreciated. We're brought to you by The Advocate Magazine in partnership with Vlad I'm Jeffrey Masters. I will see you next week. Bye, babe.